Dolly Fox is the CEO of Kusai Global. They are an organization that's helped over 500,000 people to maximize their potential. She's a Harvard University fellow. She's the author of The Power of Conscious Connection. Welcome to the show, Talia. Hi, George. It's so great to be here. I'm excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal lives, more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I am obsessed with human potential. Part of it is because I've spent some of my life making a lot of mistakes and falling down. And I was on this hunt early on. I became a single mom and just had a lot of struggles. And so I said, there's got to be a hack for this life. There's got to be some kind of thing that we could do to make things easier and better. And so I realized that there are skills, so many wonderful skills you can learn, and they can really change everything. Um, so I have dedicated my life to this idea of improving leaders, improving people one skill at a time. So there's a uh, a practical component of the work that we do on, on how you uplift and change and motivate the spirit. I love it. I love, I love human potential. I love realizing human potential even more. Um, there's a lot of it trapped. Absolutely. Stuck there. It's, 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 it's energy waiting to be activated. Why is it more than ever now? Does it just feel like that? Or is it just always been this way? Well, you know, it's interesting. It seems like it's energy trapped and it seems like people are confused. And this is the big aha moment I had in life, which is it's, it's almost like everyone had to learn how to use the computer. Everyone had to learn how to use the internet. Everyone had to learn of so many things that we don't balk at. If you go into a new office or a building, I mean, you have to learn how to use whatever systems they have. So I think that there are a set of things, a set of I would say leadership skills, life skills that we actually are under the impression that you're supposed to know how to do. How do you create great relationships? How do you engage in conflict? All of these things require practice and technical skills in order to achieve it. So there's the hope that I have gained is that, you know, there are some things that I think there's a, a even a spiritual component of, of how we get unstuck. But likely the reason that we're stuck, there are habits and choices that we're making on a regular basis that aren't serving us well, but we're not aware of it. And so it's really important to understand that there are some very practical, normal things that probably explain half of your problems. I think that that's probably true. I, I work in the in the world of personal finance and people always lament, well, I was never taught this stuff. I never learned this stuff yes. in school. And it's also true of most other practical things. So true. All right, so I guess the thing is what 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 are some of these what are some of these habits and choices those are those are really big because i do things the way i do things and i i do it unconsciously and with probably small tweaks in some cases and other times probably big tweaks are probably necessary so it's subjective obviously so yes, you use the word, I do it subconsciously. So I love, uh, I, of course, I, I love my book. I'm excited. That's why I wrote it, which is how do you become more conscious about the things that you're doing? 
instead of being conscious about the things that you're doing and trying to stop things, what's really important is to start doing things. So in my book, The Power of Conscious Connection, the whole premise is about being conscious of and aware of all the things that are going on in your world and connected to your power through these four habits to alter it and to change it. And so the four habits, I'll just give them to you. They make up the acronym love, but that was not on purpose, by the way. I'm kind of not as as fluffy, I think, as I come across at times, but I'll take it. When it made the acronym, I had to go with it. It was it was a sign, if you will. Serendipity. Um, but I've read probably literally, you know, over 250 self-help books, psychology books, leadership books. I have been studying leadership for over two decades working with literally thousands of people. And so there's so much to learn and there's way too much information to consume. So this book is the hack for it. There are four things that I don't care what book you read, you can read it from front to cover, <laughs> front, front to back, you'll have these four habits. It makes it acronym love. Listen and listen, you know, don't kind of shut your head down like, yeah, I listen. Listen's a, a skill that you have to master. It's almost like, you know, you want to be the NBA MVP of your listening skills. And there's some things to do in, in order to become a great listener that I talk about in my book. Observation. This is where you become super smart. So we have to be geniuses, if you will, like Sherlock Holmes. What's the difference between George, you and I and Sherlock Holmes is his ability to observe connections. With, with people. This is becoming a, an epidemic of the lack of observation because we're on our phones, we're distracted by our thoughts. And so we are losing our capacity to make key observations that will solve problems and also innovate to have new ideas of, of how to proceed in the world. And then the second two are values. So there's this whole thing that's a little bit vague, which is when we get up in the morning, why do you do what you do? Why do you care about your clothes or not, <laughs> right? Why do you care about brushing your teeth or not? Well, we have these values and these values dr drive our decisions. So we wanna make sure that all of our choices and habits are aligned with our values. To do that, we have to have a habit of understanding those values and the skill to align. It takes skill to align with your values, believe it or not. And then lastly, engage. The power of the tongue, right? The capacity to take your values, what you've listened to and what, you've what you have observed and to communicate it with influence, with passion, with power, you do those four things and any challenge that is before you today, there is some message and some answer in those four skills. Um, one more thing I'll just say is that each of those skills, and I'll, I'll let you talk after this, but each of those skills is connected to a very specific leadership scale, but I'll, I'll share more about that. Cool. No, I, I, I think that these are awesome. I think that listening is, is underutilized. It's, we, we, to, to your point, we can all very much get better at it. It is 100% something that we all do. Do we hear things, but maybe we don't listen? Whatever. I'm 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 there for it. I'm there for the observation piece 100 percent When you say that we're observing connections between people and that that helps us solve problems, can you give me an example of of, of what you mean? 
So going back very quickly to listening, it's very complex to listen because it's the bedrock of emotional intelligence. So this ability to listen to the energy in the room, to listen to people for meaning. Um, one of the big deals here is that it's not something that you will just naturally know. We have to listen differently because we live in a different world. It's not just hearing what people are saying. The, the ability to take it in and understand it is a very different thing. Um, when it comes to observation and how it can solve problems is that the observation in the values piece, again, the values is your GPS to so where you want to go in life and, and <laughs> what what's the point of putting all this work in. The observation, the reason it can solve all problems, because the observation is about connections. So, for example, what is the connection between me eating a donut before I go on to speak? and my performance in speaking. I have found that I'm droggy if I eat high carbs and a lot of sugar, and I observe that there is a connection. There's a connection to having conversation with my partner when I'm really hungry and how well that conversation goes, right? Mm -hmm. um, there is a connection to the words that I use and how it influences people. So it's really being able to observe what we call feedback loops. The skill as associated with um, observation is systems thinking. So sitting back and observing, not what you assume or what you think is connected, but observing actually what is connected. And you do that by becoming experimental in your own life and in your own world. I love it. So, and I think you've probably already said this, but it's doing our best to remove biases and what I'm sort of assuming you're thinking, or I'm assuming who you are and just really making myself present and taking everything in and trying to make those connections. And what's interesting about that is when we remove bias and when we think about our assumptions, the goal here Again, I love the idea of being a good person and being nice and giving everyone a fair shot. But the real goal is so that we can be more aligned with what's real in the world and we don't deprive ourselves of opportunity. So, for example, let's say there's this amazing restaurant and you look on the outside and it looks just like old and you maybe come from Phoenix or from Las Vegas where everything's new and you leave that place. You never go in and you find out that literally, I don't know, um, your, your favorite person of all time, I don't know, Cher was in there having dinner and it's the best place to have dinner on the entire planet. But you deprived yourself of that opportunity because you weren't observing other factors. You just had a knee jerk reaction and you made a very important decision about how you're going to spend your day based on that knee jerk reaction. So if you think about life in general, whether the jobs you take, the partners you choose, the businesses you start or don't start, we often do not have the quality of feedback loops and observations to make decisions that will likely result in more wins. Got it. People really like Cher a lot, huh? I don't know. I don't even know where her name came from. I, <laughs> no, I, I, people I do like Cher. People love Cher. And I think yeah. the chair, I think Cher is awesome. Values. Um, probably always been really important to know what your values are. And I would, especially today, probably never been more important. And because it seems like we're being asked to hold up other people's values all the time. 
You know, it's interesting. It's tricky. It's this is a very complex. I don't want to minimize the complexity of our values because we have what I like to say a lot of value conflicts um, or we have intention behavior gaps. And so what that means is, for example, as I talk to you, George, it's a, you'll, you know, it's one of those things you want to be a good person. You want to connect with people. You love talking to people, uplifting people. But then many of us as humans not that you're in this situation, George, but as many of us as humans, we may be in a situation where someone is rude to us or someone holds an idea or a viewpoint that is in conflict with ours, right? Whether it be, it could be political, it could be about life. And so at that moment, does that give us the right to violate our value of kindness by being cruel and disrespectful to them just because they're disrespecting us? So the issue, the thing with value alignment is here's the big deal. Values are for when we are faced with conflicts. That's when you lean on them. It's easy to be in a room of people that look like you talk like you have your same beliefs and uphold your values. Like that's easy, but can you be in a room of people and say, I'll give you one of my values. If someone is in my presence, I hope that they will feel uplifted or the same, but not feel diminished in any way. And guess what? That means even someone in my presence that I don't care for and that I feel has values that are in deep conflict with my own. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But because I have a value on being kind to myself, if I violate that value or if I make a mistake, I also try to uplift myself in that. So it's a constant realigning with your values, despite all of the hard choices and things that are coming into your world. That is such a powerful thing. It's possible to hold two things in your head at the same time. It's possible for me to believe that XYZ is the most important issue of our day and for me to have a value of kindness. And if I come in contact with you, Talia, and you are the opposite of XYZ, you think that ABC is the best thing and XYZ is really stupid, well, then I might want to attack you because I think that you're wrong. But one of my other values happens to be kindness. So I'm going to engage with you in a way that honors both of my values Absolutely. Um, I have something going on with me, right? I'm a single mom. I raised two boys. Um, one is a, an adult and the other is just finishing high school. And so my male friends, the big advice I always get is to be really hard on them, you know, to, to really, uh, they say boys need this and, and need something else. So I, I sat, sat my boys down and I said, listen, um, this is the mom you got. I'm kind, I'm patient, I try to talk to you in a particular way. And I think that in some ways that could do you a disservice. So what's your plan? What's your plan for making sure that my lack of strictness with you does not uh, affect you in any way? And I tell them, this is the data, this is what they're saying. And so let's let's talk about that. Because what happened to me is I was I tried to be the certain mother, I wanted to be extra strict and it just, didn't feel right for me. And so my strategy is to talk things out and to try to be patient and to, you know, allow them to be independent. Again, I don't know if that's going to lead to like the best results. One graduated from Emory in neuroscience and the other is they're doing pretty well. But, you know, the, the point is, I don't know where that's going to lead, but I feel really good about staying true to my values, even though people on the outside have many different ideas about the way I, I, should be or could be raising my children. That's I, thank you for sharing that. It just it makes me 
everybody's got an opinion about everything, right? And that they, and that people are comfortable sharing that with you probably is evidence that they care about you and they care about your well-being and the well-being of your children. So you happily accept that and you internalize and question it. And then you have an open and honest communication with your two, uh, with your one adult and soon to be adult sons and everybody emerges better for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's always a, a way to listen, observe, align with your values, and then I engage them. So I really use the love system in all aspects of my life. I think that that's excellent. Does anybody not like it? Do they say that this sucks and stupid? <laughs> I love that question. I have not gotten that feedback yet. I, I do wonder if some of my clients we work with at Kusai, very big clients, and I don't necessarily use the love system. I, I, I got the question, do you take this into like the DOD? And I don't use that system. I don't lead with, hey, we're going to come into this room in love. But it's a strategic outline in my head of how I even engage with clients. And so Kusai actually is another acronym for knowledge, understanding, strategy, implementation. So I'm really big on like, there's something with three or four things that you focus on that gives you a guide and a system for how to engage with people and, and something to focus on to, to figure out how to deal with the complexity and all the unknowns that we're experiencing in this world. When it's so helpful to have a heuristic or whatever the term is, um, an acronym that makes it stickier versus there were these four things. And I think that one of them was val love, value, some, but when you have L O V E, it just makes it easier to internalize. So when people are trying to remember back and make these connections and hopefully sharing with other people, that's how the message spreads. Absolutely. That is how the message spreads. Which one is hardest for you? Talia, listen, oh. observe, values, or engage? You know, I think that the values piece is hardest for me because it's very complex. In the book, the skill associated with values is also cultural competence. And cultural competence is this ability to understand other values, other cultures, other experiences, and adapt your behavior to be um, to operate more effectively within those experiences. So sometimes you have to ask yourself, you know, at this moment in time, which of my values am I going to allow to reign supreme? And so you can imagine there's, I'm always in, in the balance. It takes, this isn't a simple thing as a, as a business owner, I value people, but I have to make difficult decisions as, you know, a strategist, a leadership strategist. I, there's so many values of, again, as you said, the kindness and but I have to be tough at times. And so really revisiting where my true values are and how I'm aligned with those and making those tough decisions is definitely the most difficult. Yeah. And, and deservedly so, and understandably so, we're constantly taking in new information and having new experiences. And there's that great quote that I'm not going to get correct, but it's impossible for the same person to step into the same river twice because it's a different person. It's a different river. Um, you have different seasons of life. What are you going to do when both of your boys are grownups? That's going to be, you know, a whole new set of challenges and opportunities. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I have a plan. I think I might write another book. Um, and one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is I, I'm 
going to be going around the world, having conscious connections with people in strange, awkward places. Uh, when I say strange and awkward, I mean just um, I know someone that that owns a hundred year cheese farm. I'm going to go visit that farm and ask them like right. how they live in Romania. Um, I will be visiting a love doctor that lives in Czech in Czech Republic. And yeah, I'll be going to South Africa, visiting and and talking to a woman that is a business owner, but also uh, helps animals and children there with this big nonprofit. And so there's there's a plan for the way I'd love to spend my life is just being more aware of how people are living their lives and more connected to people that I I just in my everyday probably would not interact with. Yeah, I think that that's really great. And fascinating to to have the opportunity to travel to act literally different parts of the world to put your your theories and and skills and tools to the test. Um, and that's something that we obviously do every day and that you do every day in every interaction because you know, it's so strange to say, Talia, but just the last couple of years have taught me, I'm 45 years old and I've known that people are different, but the last couple of years have shown me, wow, we are so much different than one another. And there's these massive amounts of people that think seemingly completely different than I do right here in the United States of America. Um, so I think that everything you've been talking about is so immensely important. And I do view all of them as skills, which are there to be learned and sharpened and then put to work. And if we're able to do that, then it'll make the world a better place. Absolutely. The last thing I'll say about this is when I first wrote this book, you know, love is a strategy for transforming your life and transforming the way you live and how you succeed and achieve things. But the reason I'm doing this global tour is because it's also the path to bliss and happiness and and this idea of looking at the world as this beautiful place to consume and to understand. And so uh, when you love the world and you love people and you kind of can let go of all of these requirements and all of these judgments, you open up this really beautiful opportunity um, to, to live a life that can, I think, be epic, uh, if for, for lack of better words. Well said. Well, Talia, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Wonderful. So Talia Fox Speaks is my Instagram, Talia Fox Speaks. And also for those that might be in organizations and they want to get in touch with Kusai, we do corporate development, a lot of consulting. We transform culture. You can go to kusaitraining.com and you also can connect with me on LinkedIn. I have a great newsletter and talking about the love system, lots of activity there going on about how to apply and utilize the love system. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as so much as I did, show Talia your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to taliafoxspeaks.com. It's T-A-L-I-A-F-O-X speaks.com. And certainly if you're an organization, consider bringing her in to share this with your team. Go to kusaitraining.com. It's K-U-S-I training.com. And find her on Instagram under Talia Fox Speaks. And then pick up your copy of The Power of Conscious Connections wherever you buy your books. Thanks again, Talia. Thanks, George. Well, next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.